we go into this like fight or flight stress response, we produce a bunch of cortisol, but the issue isn't getting into that fight or flight response, it's coming out of it. We don't spend enough time in that rest and digest part. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 89 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today, I am interviewing Dr. Ayla Lester. She is a naturopathic doctor focusing on core pillars, including nutrition, plants, water, movement, sleep, balance, and connection to help people solve and prevent health problems. In this episode, we talk about the role of nutrition, why it's so important to be aware of food sensitivities and how nutrition and stress are tied together. She shares information about stress, anxiety, and how to manage stress in our daily lives, how to notice when we're in flight or fight mode. Our hustle culture and constantly comparing our to-do lists to each other are adding stress to our lives that our bodies might not be able to handle. So we talk about self-care activities and why learning to calm your mind is so important. I think this is a really great topic and a variety of topics to cover as the year closes and everyone starts thinking about everything they want to do in the new year, which for me, I've already started making a list of resolutions and goals and it can seem overwhelming. So this is a good reminder to include self-care and time for yourself in and amongst the other lists of things you want to do. So let's jump into it. Here is Dr. Ayla Lester. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I'm sitting here with Dr. Ayla. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. This is her very first podcast, yes. so I'm excited to be <laughs> to pop your cherry for the podcast. Yes. Do you want to introduce yourself and give us a couple fun facts about you? Yeah, so I am a naturopathic doctor here in Calgary. I did my Bachelor of Science in Biology and Biochemistry at the University of Calgary, and then I went on to move to Vancouver where I did um, naturopathic medical school at the Boucher Institute of Naturopathic Medicine. Um, interesting fact, I lived in Copenhagen for a year after I graduated, That's which was so awesome. I got to do 30 countries before I turned 30, so that was like a big bucket list thing for me. Um, what's something else? I have a naked cat. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I'm allergic to all things hair, um, so he's. I'm still slightly allergic to him, but not as much, but I love animals, so cute that's awesome <laughs> um and how come you decided to practice natural medicine as opposed to traditional medicine yeah so I mean for as long as I can remember I wanted to be a doctor and it was in my fourth year when I was actually studying for my MCATs to get into um like traditional medicine that like something in my gut was like this isn't like this isn't right but it was something that I always wanted so I really battled with like oh maybe it's nerves maybe I just like you know maybe I should still do it um so Kind of fast forward two years, I uh, was dealing with my own health issues for about six or seven years throughout all of school, and it was recommended to me to see a naturopathic doctor, and this was kind of when I was searching, still unsure of what I wanted to do, and I think within like 10 minutes of meeting her, I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do. Oh, that's awesome. And then I went to school like the very next January, like signed up, I'm like, let's go. Because I mean, I had all my, my prerequisites for conventional medicine, so it was just easy to just slide right in. Right. And can you just give us like a, a brief comparison between the two if someone like doesn't quite understand what a naturopath doctor yeah. does? In terms of schooling? No, in terms of oh, just like in, your practice. Oh, in my practice. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, that's a loaded question. Um, Very brief. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I feel like I'm I'm so I'm such a science nerd, like through and through. Like I love the research. I love to like dig into like why our bodies do the things that they do. Um, but I think that sort of that separates us from you know traditional or conventional medicine, and that we're always sort of looking for that root cause. Although we do want to help with symptoms, we are always looking for that root cause because when we when we treat that then we don't have to use, you know, pharmaceuticals or herbs or supplements to just, like, mitigate the symptoms. So I think that's that's a big piece. And then also um, just believing that the body has this innate ability to heal when we give it the right things. So that's kind of my job to be like, okay, what are some things that we can work on that you might be missing that are sort of foundational to bringing your body back into balance, back into alignment? Because my idea is I don't want people to be on a bunch of different supplements or a bunch of different herbs or even pharmaceuticals. Like We can use them for a short amount of time, but I don't think that we're supposed to be on them for extended periods. Right, like sense. change your lifestyle as opposed to yeah, having AIDS. Yes. <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah, yeah exactly. totally. And so yeah. that definitely leads me to my next question, which I didn't even plan. But so what are the core pillars that you base your business on? So when people come to you, what are the different things that you look at to help them? So nutrition is kind of the foundation. It's, it really is. It really is everything. I feel like it's the easiest thing to say, but the hardest thing for people to change, you know, especially when they come in and I'm like, oh, you should really cut out all these things. They're like, well, that's what I eat majority of the time. So it really, it's really, really super important, but I always meet people where they're at um, in terms of making those nutritional changes. And not everybody um, is ready to change their lifestyle, to change their diet. We're, I think we're conditioned to be like, I go to my doctor when I'm sick. I want like one thing to like help me feel better. Like, what is that thing? And I'm like, it's food. <laughs> but it, it takes a while to really understand the way that you know, how the way we can feel when we do feel our bodies in the right way. Right, when you're also competing with marketing in general yeah. for other things, for food especially, and which I can't, I'm sure you have opinions about that <laughs> as well, but I feel yeah. like that's where everyone gets their information from is marketing and then just the internet, which totally. is not always the greatest thing. Yeah, so it's just helping people kind of sift through those things and they come in and they're like, what diet should I be on? Everyone's doing keto or everybody's gluten-free or like, it's okay. Let's figure out what your body actually needs and then go from there. Um, so nutrition's a big one. Uh, movement, intentional movement is something that I that I tell people like every single day. It doesn't have to be this high intensity uh, exercise, but at least like walking, moving your body and intentionally, like being like, I want to move my body because it makes me feel good. That's another big one. Right. Water. It's super, super useful. Our body is made up of 60% of water. So a lot of people that I see are dehydrated, and I'm like, just drink water. Right, which <laughs> seems <water>. obvious, but... <laughs> but it's hard to do. Totally. When we're super busy and we don't have time or we're, you know, we're dealing with people, we can't be sipping on our water the whole time. Um, so that it's, yeah, water. Is, yeah. It seems too simple, but... It does. Well, even I, like, usually I have, a, I have a huge water bottle in my car that I always carry around, but sometimes even by the end of the day, I'm like... I didn't even drink any of it. Like I even tr- like I even tried. Like I'm carrying this water around. Like you should just yeah. drink it, but it's hard. And you it is hard. then you're dehydrated. And it's like, yeah. And by that time, it's too late. It's like, too late. I'm thirsty. No, totally. I'm not, no, I'm dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. I think I watched. It was some sort of like science program when I was a kid that talked about dehydration. Like, but be like pinch your skin or like whatever that was. Oh, but yeah. it was like That's when okay. you're thirsty, you're way too far. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and so every time I'm like, oh god, like, I didn't drink any water today. Now I'm thirsty. And it's just like this, like panic you know yeah totally yeah yeah 
balance. I feel like it's really all about balance because we can't really have this healthy, sustainable lifestyle unless we also have the balance to it too, right? Like we can't eat healthy all the time. We can't exercise all the time. We can't be perfect all the time. So it's a kind of a fine balance and I feel like it's gonna be different for everybody. Um, and then connection. So connecting with people, connecting with yourself and, and, uh, and connecting, reconnecting with nature. I feel like we don't get outside enough. Yeah, I have a dog which I know you can't have a dog, but, and, that. <laughs> and walking outside is insane for how much better you feel. Yeah. And I wouldn't go for walks if I didn't have a dog, which is an issue, but because I have to take him out and I have to take him out in the morning, or if I'm like, my brain stops working, if I just go out for even like 10 minutes, you come back and it's, it's crazy that, well, again, is common sense, but we just sit inside all day, so. Yeah. And we're bombarded with like blue fake light from our computers rather than the light from outside, which I think also impacts a lot of things. Totally. And we'll talk about, I mean, I think everything, like you said, everything comes together and you need all of the pillars. Yeah. Um, but I think, especially at the end of the year with the new year coming in, we should talk about like mental health and stress and anxiety. And we live in a culture right now that's very hustle focus like hustle is the key word and like how busy can you be and it's all a competition to see like are we who's not sleeping the most because oh that, that's what you're winning at if you're like well I only get three hours of sleep then they're oh like gosh. wow I only get two you know and so that's kind of the culture that we're living in and it's amplified by social media because we show what we're doing all the time and you feel better if you're telling people that you're not sleeping and you're working and all you're doing is like grinding or whatever mm -hmm. and so how would you say that that mentality is affecting our health? That is a huge question. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I know it's like, that but can I be a podcast it so itself. Much. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because I think the hustle culture, we, we do love it to some level where like it's exhilarating, you know, feels good to be busy. I like to kind of change busy into full because it sounds more positive, but um, yeah, it feels good. And at some point we're productive, right? We're getting things done, we're really motivated, we're feeling really good. And, but at the same time, we're still in that fight or flight stress response, you know, throughout the day, depending on how packed our day is, um, where we basically go into that, Jamie um, you touch on like fight or flight? I think everybody kind of understands like what that feels like, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we go into this like fight or flight stress response. We produce a bunch of cortisol, but the issue isn't getting into that fight or flight response. It's coming out of it. We don't spend enough time in that rest and digest part. So even if we take, you know, 10 minutes out of the day to meditate or, you know, have time for us, that's amazing. That's a great start. But it's like, how can we recognize when we're in it and then bringing ourselves sort of out of it at the same time, kind of throughout the day. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's just, it's not sustainable. We, and, and different people have different thresholds. I mean, when you mentioned uh, comparing yourself to the other people, like how much is somebody else taking on and then like one-upping that? Because um, everybody responds to stress differently. So, you know, some, pe some people may be overwhelmed at a task that somebody could do like 10 things and that task at the same time, if that makes sense. So it is, it's kind of, it is challenging to, to not compare yourself. I know for me, sleep is my non-negotiable. So when people are like, I only get three hours of sleep, I'm like, oh my gosh. If I only got three hours of sleep, I get so much done. Like here I am, eight, nine, ten, feels really good. Um, but you probably feel a lot better than those people do. <laughs> yeah, well, and sleep is the other thing I forgot to mention that's like a core foundational thing. It's like, it's not compromising on sleep. 
because then it perpetuates all of these other health things that I think, yeah, we don't really necessarily connect to sleep, but are so connected. Right. When I feel like sleep hygiene is becoming trendy right now. It is. And people are talking about it, which is good yeah. to at least bring awareness because I feel like nobody thinks about sleep. It's just something you've always had to do. So you just, you go to bed and you sleep yeah. and you wake up. But now it's more like, what kind of quality of sleep are you getting? What's your nighttime routine? What's your morning routine? And all this that is really just around sleep. And there's so many like athletes and stuff now that they're all doing these like programs and tests that it's literally just how are they going to sleep? Like it doesn't even matter what they're doing during the day, but like what's their sleep like, yeah. which I think is really important. Um, do you have a routine when you I, sleep? I do some of the time. I'm trying to get better at my sleep hygiene. It's, I mean, I think it's hard when we're on our phones or we're working really late to really find that time to like wind down and like completely shut off. Um, so I try to do no electronics at least an hour before I'm in bed, which is sometimes hard. Um, if I can't do that, I've got, you know, like a flux thing on my computer that it, it, it blocks out the blue light. Same thing on my phone. I got my blue blocking glasses on. <laughs> um, yeah, and I try, I try to, I try to meditate before bed uh, for at least two to five minutes just to just bring my body into a more resting state, kind of try to calm the mind. And then I find reading really works for me. Even if I'm like, hey, I don't have to get through a whole chapter. I'm just going to read what I want, like for as long as I want. And then. Yeah, try and just wind down that way. Yeah, that's what I use. Well, I'm really bad at the same thing. Just You're like, I'm just going to work until literally I have to go to sleep. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but I found that I'm not, like I fall asleep really fast and it's not an issue, but I find I'm not getting as good of sleep because my brain is still like going a billion miles an hour. And so I have started reading. I've always been a huge reader, but like forcing myself to at least read like one page because then my brain just like, Usually I'm not even reading when I'm reading like <laughs> because I start to get tired, yeah. but I need that to to make my brain just calm itself, yeah. um, which I found has been a huge help, yeah. which again, none of this is rocket science. It's, it's just, you just have to do it and force yourself to do it. Totally. And something that you mentioned there, just like having more like racing thoughts at night or maybe ha- having not as good a quality of sleep, we're kind of more restless. That is directly correlated to our stress response, right? We're not able to like fully wind down because we pumped up too much cortisol or our cortisol is sort of dysregulated, cortisol is our stress hormone. Um, and it does start to affect sleep. We don't get into a deep sleep when we produce a lot of cortisol. Um, it directly blocks our ability to produce melatonin, um, which helps us fall asleep. So it's all very much connected to the stress we kind of go through through our day and how we're able to wind down. Right. And like you said, having the balance as well, that yeah. you don't, you don't need to work until the minute that you fall asleep. Like it's going to be okay. It's going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. Deal with it in the morning, Totally. Um, which is really hard to get in that mindset, it is. especially like, as you, like you would know too, like owning a business, especially because there's so many ideas and so many things all the time yeah. that, I mean, you get your full sleep, so you're like, it's fine, <laughs> but it's but hard. It's not the best sleep either. I mean, I'm not perfect, you know. And I know as soon as my sleep goes off, because I'm usually a really good sleeper, as soon as my sleep goes off, I'm like, hey, I'm not managing my stress the way that I should. Right. And it's important to have that self-awareness, mm-hmm. um, especially when we are so busy and our calendars are so full all the time. Yeah. Um, so what are some, besides sleep, what are some of the ways to manage stress and to avoid burnout? Because I feel like most people, especially the people listening to this podcast, as much as we would all like to not have stress, 
everyone is probably very stressed out just because of the way that we're all working. We're trying to start businesses. We have side hustles, all of that. So how can you manage that and avoid burnout besides getting enough sleep? So I've actually, I mean, it's interesting because burnout or adrenal fatigue isn't actually a thing in the conventional medical community. Um, but I see it come up in practice so, so much. And I've even, I've even been like burnt out or depleted. Um, when I was going to naturopathic medical school. So I know how it feels to have to come back from that. And so I'm always trying to be like, hey, these are the things we need to work on like before we get there. Um, and for me, it's uh, it has a lot to do with just kind of organizing my thoughts, writing things down. I found using the bullet journal method really handy because I can write all these things because I'm totally a list person and I love checking things off the list. It's just so satisfying. I agree. I'm exactly the same way. (laughs) So having my planned out stuff that I'm like, no, I can push this or like having a page where I can like write down all my thoughts, like kind of prioritizing things in that way. It has helped me be like, okay, now I have more time to meal prep because I feel like like feeling my body and eating really good food is one of the ways that I and when I don't have that, I really miss it. I'm like, oh, I'm needing it again. Like, I don't want to be doing that. Right. Well, I think that in itself causes stress. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I don't want to eat this. Like, I'm not going to feel good. But I don't have time. And then it's just a it's snowball. A circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, I, so yeah, nutrition's a big, a big piece for me. Exercise. Like, not letting my exercise fall off because I feel so good when I do it. Um, and so, really, it's about penciling it in. Like, it needs to be in the schedule so I can be like, hey. This is the time that I'm going to do it. Um, that's a big thing. Meditation. I feel like we hear it all the time, meditation and mindfulness, but when we actually do it, it's super, super useful. And how do you suggest to someone like myself who knows we should be meditating but just cannot? What's your advice? So it depends on the reason why you cannot meditate. I feel like a lot of people think, like when they sit down to, to listen to either guided or just like, your own meditation you're like I'm doing it wrong like my mind is going like I'm all these things are happening in my mind like I can't I can't shut it off but that's part of it that's part of the process of like just giving yourself the time to just just come down just a little bit I had to start with guided meditations because I'm like I need somebody to walk me through this like literally you know what am I feeling in my body how am I breathing because the thoughts just kept going yeah you need to like focus on something yeah and it's it's about the consistency for me. I know when I've fallen off my meditation because I feel more anxious. I feel more kind of scattered, not as grounded. And so it, it just takes that couple of weeks to a month to fully commit to doing it. And then you miss it when you don't do it. And you're like, hey, this is, this is the importance there. So Do you meditate? In, I know you mentioned before you go to bed, but do you do it in the morning as well? Or I, just whenever you feel like it? I've always done it at night. Yeah. But I feel like you can you could do it in the middle of the day. You can do it on a break. You can do it in the morning. You know, when you're setting intentions or doing your calendar or whatever. Kind of whatever time works for you. But I find I need the most help winding down at the end of the day. So, yeah, so I start there. And I use, I don't know if you've heard of Inside Timer. That's got a lot of great. Oh, um, usually everyone says calm or headspace. Yeah. So it's good to hear a different one. Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love headspace mm-hmm. too, but because uh, I really like its voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find it very calming. Um, but Inside Timer has, has a bunch, and a lot of them are free. I mean, you can subscribe to certain programs and stuff, but it's also nice to just kind of change it up, have different people guiding you through certain things. Yeah. I need to do that. <laughs> um, what else do I do? I, I try and see 
And I know it's tough for people that don't have benefits, especially when you're an entrepreneur, but I, I was like, I really noticed, like when I was going to school, I was really good at you know, getting acupuncture every week and getting adjusted and, and doing all these things that are good for me. And then you know, coming out of school, not having benefits and kind of missing that for a couple of years. And I was like, oh, I really do miss it. So you know, I see an acupuncturist really regularly. I see my Cairo at least once a month, I get, I get those massage. I see a naturopath myself because I need somebody to objectively look at what's going on because totally. <laughs> I know too much and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's making use of, you know, the system the way we're supposed to, right? And just, yeah. Right. Well, and we talked about this actually before we started recording, but it's about the preventative yeah. measures as opposed to waiting until you need to go see one of these people. Yeah. And will make you feel better, will help you sleep better, your brain will work better. Yeah. So Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I forgot to mention that kind of just like sets naturopathic doctors apart where we kind of play in that preventative space rather than the reactive space, which I really like, but it's it's hard to get on board with like, why am I doing these things for like future me? <laughs> well I think that's just a human flaw. Yeah. That we're really good at procrastinating and not really good at doing like, why would I do this now? And I can just I'll do it later. And yeah. then totally. I'll do it later. Yeah. It comes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and you mentioned nutrition mm-hmm. and I think that that's really important, especially for people that are very busy and you said meal prepping and everything. And so, um, do you want to just touch upon and remind us how important food is when it comes to our body functioning properly? And Actually, I'll let you answer that, and then I'll go to the next question. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I, I, it's like, it's if I could write down on a prescription pad nutrition as a prescription, I totally will. I would, because I think it's it's the most important thing that we can do. Um, it, it, it literally is the building blocks for every every chemical reaction and, and making energy on a cellular level. So one of the things that I, that I really stand by is you cannot supplement your way out of a poor diet. Like when people come to me and they're like, can you just give me a supplement? Like just give me the B vitamins or whatever that I'm missing. I'm like, no, we can't. that's not gonna really work long term. Um, we gotta start with the basics. We gotta, we gotta start with nutrition. So I don't know if that answered your question, but. It did. <laughs> yes. It's kind of good. And what are some of the most common challenges people face and what are what are some like common things that you usually tell most people about their nutrition okay well the most common things is well I think for women um, we don't eat enough we're not we're not getting the amount of calories that we need to get in to, to fuel the working time workouts that we're doing and to just like just looking from a like a basal metabolic rate we are just we maybe even just squeaking by, so it's, it's it's eating enough, and it's eating the right kinds of food for our body. So that kind of goes into a whole other topic of food sensitivities. But everybody's different in you know what they might be sensitive to at different times in their life. But it's that's kind of comes into intuitive eating. Like when you eat something, do you feel good or do you not feel good? <laughs> it's sort of the, the long and short of it. But also vegetables. We don't eat nearly enough vegetables. When I say I want you to eat you know, at least five to ten servings of vegetables per day, serving like fits in the palm of your hand, people are like, wow, that's a lot of vegetables. <laughs> it's like, it's almost too much. But when people come to me and they're like, I'm constipated, I'm only going to the bathroom every like, couple days, I'm like, well, are you drinking enough water? Do you eat enough vegetables? 
And a lot of the times they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, is it this much? And they're like, no. I'm like, let's try that first. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you a supplement until we've sort of tried to, to figure it out nutritionally. Right. When I feel like that's probably just a childhood trauma from everybody, like being forced to eat their vegetables. And you grow oh, up totally. and you're just like, well, I don't live at home. So like, I'm not I don't, those. Yeah, no one's here to tell me to eat vegetables. But obviously, like you said, it's really important. And finding the vegetables that you like because totally. even like as an adult – I didn't know most of these vegetables existed and which ones you like and don't like. And so, like, you don't – like, I like broccoli, but you don't have to eat broccoli if you don't like it. Like, you can find <laughs> other <laughs> vegetables. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how to – yeah, finding the ones you like and then how to cook them. Yes. Too. Properly. Yes. And just as a side note on nutrition, sorry for people who are not super interested in nutrition, but I am. <laughs> does cooking – how does cooking them change them? Because I've heard that it loses nutritional value – does it matter? And, like, if you're eating your vegetables, is that, like, the main baseline? Well, let's say yes. Like, I want you to be getting at least, you know, five to ten servings of vegetables in per day. But it, it sort of depends on our gut health and the way that our digestion is working. Because a lot of patients that come in that might have irritable bowel syndrome or um, inflammatory bowel disease, they can't handle raw vegetables or the green juices or that kind of stuff. It's just too much on their system because we have to break down more when it's raw. Um, versus when we cook it, we can, depending on how we cook it, lose nutritional value for sure. I would never put a vegetable in the microwave. But, <laughs> I mean, I grew up, like, when my mom put the sweet potato, <laughs> no offense to my mom, put the sweet potato in the microwave, it's fast. Yes. But I'm like, are we zapping out all the nutrients? It's really right. Um, I prefer, like, I've had digestive stuff go on for a really long time, but I prefer to have, I, I like raw to a point. I know kind of how much I can have raw, and then I usually, like, steam or, like, gently roast vegetables, too. Right. Yeah. When I feel like raw, if you can eat raw vegetables, you can eat them on the go, which is... Easier, yes. Yeah. For sure. Usually I'll cut up, like, carrots or red peppers that I would I would prefer not <laughs> to sit down and eat. But if it's the only food that I bring and I have in my car, mm -hmm. then you have to eat them. And that's how I force myself to eat vegetables, because exactly. I like roasted vegetables. Like, at dinner, it's fine. Yes, but totally. during the day... As a snack, it's tough. It's so tough, because there's yeah. so many other things to eat than... Yeah carrots without ranch dressing <laughs> so yeah, or, hummus. <laughs> or hummus yeah which I think is really again you just have to yeah add it into your lifestyle and one of the ways I hide a lot of my veggies is in my smoothie in the morning like I I probably put like I don't know three handfuls of like greens like leafy greens I might throw in like a handful of broccoli because I don't broccoli otherwise right. <laughs> but if I hide it in my smoothie with a little bit of banana and some berries I'm not going to taste it so I find that's a good way for me to get at least like three servings of vegetables in and at least having some at breakfast sort of spreading it out so I'm not like oh my gosh I need five to ten at lunch and dinner <laughs> it's really tough which is a lot <laughs> there's only so many salads you can eat right yeah. so <laughs> um and how does nutrition and stress tie together because I feel like a lot of people, again, going back to like the entrepreneurial mindset and being so busy that there's really no time to eat. Um, so how do those tie together? Yeah. So not only like not having enough time to eat, it's, you know, when we're in that fight or flight response, when we're stressed, our body, our physiological, what happens physiologically in the body is we, we shunt blood away from our digestive system and to our heart and lungs and to our extremities because our body doesn't differentiate whether we're running away from a bear or we've got a work stress going on or we're, we've got some relationship going on. We're, we're, our body's still going through the same motions. And so we don't feel hungry. Our appetite is actually suppressed. So then 
try and put food into a system that doesn't have enough blood flow to really absorb it properly, like you're not going to feel good. That food's just going to sit there. It may cause you know gas and bloating and all that other stuff. So it really does kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's super super important. Um, and I know it's hard because I also sometimes do it like eating on the go. I'm when, I, when I'm eating on the go, I'm like, okay, why didn't I schedule in the time to have like a meal? Um, but just it's a way that we can kind of come out of that stress response so that we can really just you know fully absorb and appreciate the food that's coming into our body is taking like five to ten deep belly breaths because um, it's the quickest way to calm our nervous system through our vagus vagus nerve. The gut brain connection is is so so strong. And it seems too simple <laughs> to actually work, but you feel better. You feel more relaxed when you when you take deep breaths. And so that can be sort of a trick if you're on the go. You're like, hey, I know I'm stressed, but I need to, you know, get this food in me and actually digest it. Um, that can be something to do. Right. I feel like you can. That's just all the time that you feel stress, whether or not you're actually going to eat or not. You should just breathe <laughs> to calm yourself and to re-ground yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again common sense that nobody is using <laughs> well I, yeah it, I feel like we we overcomplicate it we're like oh I could, that's too simple we can't it can't just be that right yeah or like you're like I'm paying to go see somebody that can't be the solution <laughs> they're like wait you want to eat more vegetables that's all you're gonna tell me yeah like, that's where we're gonna start the vegetables and <laughs> breathing that's all you have to do <laughs> yeah well and I, I find it interesting too um you know when I see a lot of people coming to me that are doing all these foundational things, I'm like, okay, this is where we have to dig a little deeper. Because if we've got, if we've already checked off all those boxes and you're doing all the things that you need to do and we've still got things going on, that's when we just have to dig. We have to run more tests. We have to really kind of just understand what's going on in your body. Right, and I feel like relating it to lots of the listeners that most people are probably keeners. They probably have their morning routine and like do all of the things and then, I mean, obviously stress is probably a huge factor in that, but then there is something else. Like you're doing everything right, so then what's, what is it? What is it? Yeah. Um, so everyone just needs to schedule that in to go, come see Hila <laughs> to, to help you. <laughs> or any naturopath for that matter, I feel like. I mean, we all, we all practice a little differently, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I know, you, I know everyone's different and how people react to food and everything, but what are some of the common inflammation foods that people are probably consuming. I know you can't, mm. there's no doctor advice here, but just in general, some yeah. of the foods that people should be avoiding. Yes. Yeah, so have you heard of the nightshade vegetables? Only because a podcast guy that I listen to is like allergic to them, <laughs> but otherwise I haven't. I know nothing about them. Yeah. So in, so the nightshades, they're like your peppers, your hot peppers, your potatoes, your eggplant. Um, oh, so say. not mushrooms. So I actually had no idea. Okay. Nightshade in my head meant mushrooms. <laughs> okay. Okay. Glad we're clearing this up I'm right now. I'm so glad. Um, so in so for a lot of people, those foods aren't going to cause an issue. For people that might have a little bit more inflammation going on in their body, whether that's like sore joints or just feeling more puffy or bloated, um, those foods can cause more inflammation. And for in an already inflamed state. Um, <clears throat> I want to say gluten, although it's very controversial um, with the trend to go sort of gluten-free or I'm gluten-sensitive and I'm not actually celiac. Um, but I believe that the way that we process gluten in North America is has completely changed it from the way that it's supposed to be. 
because um, I can eat gluten in Paris. I can have all the croissants that I want. <laughs> Not feel bad. <laughs> to a point. And then here I have a croissant and I'm like, oh my gosh, my joints are swollen. Like I get an itchy throat. I'm like, okay, there's something to it. So not that everybody should be gluten-free, but just an awareness that we do modify a lot of our foods. Sort of soy is another one that if we're not having it organic, like it's it's very heavily genetically modified. And then sugar. I feel like sugar is inflammatory in everybody's body. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we have different thresholds of how much sugar that we can we can really take. But. And then individually, it's going to be food sensitivities. I, I probably run a food sensitivity test on 90% of the patients that I see. Just to make sure that we're not causing more inflammation on a, on a food level, just from the foods that we're eating every day that we think might be good for us, but then actually are causing issues. Right, and sometimes you don't even think about it. You're like, well, it can't be the food because it's healthy it's for me. So everything. there's obviously something else. Yeah. Which I heard a lot about quinoa can do that for a lot of people, which, and maybe it's just from other podcasts that I've been listening to, other people said that they found that lots of people that they know that quinoa ended up being a sensitivity, oh, even though it was so trendy and you're like, yeah. you have to eat it that it ended up being one of the foods that a lot of people were sensitive to. That's really just, interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah. I feel like quinoa's on the like extended panel that I run. That's a little bit more than the basic panel that I usually run. So I haven't seen it come up a lot, but I yeah. haven't run it <laughs> a lot. I mean, I've only been listening to podcasts, so I'm not sure where these people are, but yeah. that's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, we kind of talked about your routines and some of the things you do to manage your stress, but what are some of your other go-to self-care activities because that's a huge based on reading your websites I'm just making assumptions here but that self-care is a huge part of yeah. what you're suggesting for people to do is just take the time for themselves what are some of the things that you that you do I love baths I'm such a bather either I feel like you're a bather or you're not a bather I'm a bather <laughs> in the winter time it is not unusual for me to have like three baths a day probably very dehydrating but I'm like just to get in the bath and I feel like a thousand times better but that's I mean I love heat in general so baths you can even throw I sometimes throw Epsom salts in my bath just to absorb more minerals while I'm, while I'm sitting there sometimes a good Netflix show and stuff or yep. a podcast <laughs> if I'm feeling like it but you know sometimes we just need to just like shut everything off and, and watch a show um so it's finding that balance between am I avoiding am I doing am I watching shows because I don't want to like you know deal with something or am I just like I just want to watch Grey's Anatomy in the tub Right, totally, which I think is so good. I'm so glad you're, you're justifying the fact that I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians every week. And I usually, like, I'm not a huge TV watcher, but I'm like, just let me watch this. I just, I need to just turn my brain off and just, like, I just want to watch their drama or whatever, you know? Totally. Um, but I feel like a lot of people don't admit to that. And so, because either you're binging Netflix or yeah. you're too good for TV. So there's right. really not, like, an in-between. <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, gray area where yeah. you're like, well, I don't binge it, but I watch a few episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, baths, yeah, that's a big one for me. Just getting outside. I, I'm i not a winter person, but I know that getting outside makes me feel a lot better. Um, it doesn't have to be just getting to the mountains to go hiking only on the weekend. It's just, like, breaks in my day. Oh, I'm going to get outside because I think there's so much that nature can offer us that we don't get inside of our concrete buildings in the sky yeah. that we sit in for the majority of the day. Totally. Well, and forcing yourself, even today, I can see out the window that it's not <laughs> ideal to go outside, <laughs> but you still, like, just go out there, you're going to be fine. Like, you live in Canada. So, even just, yeah. like, fi- like just like a short walk or something, totally. I'm sure is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, being cold, it, it's good for you, right? For short amounts of time. Right. I mean, cryotherapy yeah. is doing right. great, and we basically live in a cryotherapy chamber, so just, <laughs> just go inside. Just make it, take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, journaling's another thing. Um, I used to be a big, I'm such a, I'm such a words person. Like, I, whenever I used to get into arguments with my parents and I needed to make up with them, I wrote them this long letter. So they'd always expect this, like... <laughs> this beautifully worded like apology um but like I love just getting getting my thoughts getting my feelings out on the page um and then I, I also recently well not recently I'm actually in my third year of my five-year journal but I like to take um the time every day to just write down you know what was something that I accomplished in my day or how did I feel today or what happened in my day um just sort of reflect and take that time to appreciate um which kind of goes into I guess gratitude um journaling and stuff like that but yeah I need to do. I have the the journal. Someone bought it for me like, a couple years ago. And I haven't got rid of it, but yeah. I just haven't. But it's it's good to hear that everything you do is mostly at night. Because I feel like, mm-hmm. and I'm even a morning person, but I feel like it can be very overwhelming. Like, how am I going to fit all of these things in the morning? Yeah. Even like I even get up earlier. Like, how much earlier can I get up? Right. To Without do it. Compromising sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how do I get my nine hours of sleep without <laughs> getting up early but still being able to meditate and journal? So yeah. I. Yeah, appreciate the fact that you do it at, at night after the day is done. Yeah. It's kind of like my time. Like I just, I'm like, okay, <laughs> taking this time, my hour or whatever it is, whatever I have time for that day, just doing it. Yeah. Um, and that would be how you find work-life balance, but what would your advice be for other people and yourself, but <laughs> to find a work-life balance? And lots of people actually that come onto this podcast say that there's no such thing, which is obviously subjective, but I would like to hear your opinion about it um, because I think a lot of people need to be reminded that yeah. it should be a thing. Well, it, it is a thing, but I, I I like to say that there's like no work-life balance. There's just life balance, right? Like we're living our lives. We go to work. We come home. Like it's all part of our life. Um, and balance is going to mean different things to different people. Like I said, like a lot of people can take on like as much as they want for an extended period of time and they're still energizer bunnies. And then there's other people that, you know, need to take a little bit less and take more time for them. And that's, that's kind of just based on what they need. Um, so it's going to be different for everybody. But for me, I know that I have to schedule it in. Like I just, I, I, I am such a schedule person and I feel like if I don't have a schedule because I do a bunch of different things throughout the day that I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot that thing because I didn't have it written down or I didn't, like I had that thought, but that thought has to like cross my mind about five times before I'm like, yes, I'm writing it down. <laughs> so I, yeah, for me, I'm all about the writing it down and yeah. And, and it's also about prioritizing different things too, right? I think we get caught up in having to do all of it now and then not getting to our to-do list and then being like, oh, I failed today because I didn't finish my to-do list. It's like, okay, what things can be pushed? What things can we put on a different timeline? And, and really just crossing the things off that don't make sense anymore. Right. Is that the bullet journal? Is that what the, oh, yeah, I, the I premise of it? <laughs> you said it at the beginning and I, I just, just for people who don't, I've heard it from yeah, other people. I've never yeah. used it, but that's basically what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, at the end of it, like, you know, you, you, you put an X by the, the, the task that you got done. You put a, like, a little forward arrow to the things that you can push. And then it's kind of got, like, monthly and weekly things that you can write down and start to move in different directions if you need to. And then if it doesn't make sense to you anymore, cross it off. Yeah, which I think is very empowering because I'm I'm also a list person and, like, there's to-do lists for the to-do list and, like, all of that. Right. But, <laughs> but sometimes you have things on there and you're just, like, 
do I have to do this? And yeah. you're just like, well, it's on the list. Like, yeah. How am I going to cross it off if I don't do it? But making the choice to be like, it's not important anymore. Or it doesn't, you've, <laughs> you're already too late, so it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> like, if I do it later. Yeah. <laughs> not that I will do it later, but just like moving it to a different. Yeah, to free up to free. Your, your list. Because yeah. that can be overwhelming in itself. Yeah. Um, we're getting to the end. I feel like we could, we'll be back because I feel like there's so many, even just personally, maybe I'll just book an appointment. We can just chat. <laughs> oh, we can chat all day. Um, but is there a podcast or book that you would recommend to listeners, um, in terms of business, in terms of nutrition, really anything? The one that I always come back to, have you heard of, um, Live Awake by Sarah Blondin? No. So she has a podcast that... It's more about like mindfulness and meditation mixed together, but she, she she basically touches on a few different things that I think women, we've all kind of gone through at different parts in our lives, but she'll have like, say, you know, um, finding, or yeah, finding groundedness or like um, feeling kindness or like, those are kind of like, just to touch on some of the things that she might talk about. But what I really like about it is like, you get to lay down or sit up, you get to relax, and she talks about that piece for maybe 10 minutes-ish, 9 to 10 minutes, and then you do a, you know, breathing exercise, a kind of a guided meditation around that, whatever the topic was. Um, I really like, because I, I like that, because I can learn a little bit, but then I can also kind of integrate it and, and understand yeah. how, to, how it affects me. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll have to listen to that. So I really, really love that one. Especially in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Tonight, when I have my bath, <laughs> I'll turn that on. Um, yeah, and I, I honestly, I haven't read a whole lot of new books lately. I'm, I'm making my, I don't know, probably fifth time around reading the Harry Potter series because I'm a Harry Potter nerd. I'm also a Harry Potter nerd. <laughs> so, so I'm I back on it. the Philosopher's Stone. So I've been yeah. reading that before bed, but. Well, and sometimes that's the same thing as watching TV, that sometimes you just need a book that's, like, you're not learning. Because yeah. sometimes it can be overwhelming, especially before bed. That oh, you're yeah. trying to, like, jam yourself with, like, education or, like, personal development or something that it is nice to have something that you're familiar with. So it's <laughs> easy to read, but also it's just, like, fictional. Yeah, it's nice to get lost in that world for a bit. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that was all the questions I had today. Let's finish off. It's not on here since it's just off the cuff if you could give just one step for someone to take like today if they're listening or whenever they listen to this one step to just improve I don't say their life overall but just improve their stress or improve their balance what would you say to just take a minute to just take a minute and breathe deeply you know through your day when you're like oh man I'm feeling really overwhelmed or I feel like I got too much on the go or I have to go to this Christmas party and then to this Christmas party it's like hey just stop and breathe because even it could it could just take a minute right you don't have to do it for 10 minutes you don't have to meditate for five minutes you just can sit there and breathe and calm your nervous system down and then continue going i think that's that's a big thing to just stop and breathe i like it yeah. and also in my head i pictured it like even in the car when i was waiting for this i was on social media but maybe <laughs> instead of going to your phone you should just breathe yeah that would be my I'll take that personally <laughs> as the piece of advice. Yeah. Um, and where can people find and connect with you? So I have a website. It's just doctor, uh, spelled the full, the full word doctor out, and then alester.com. Um, you can get a hold of me via email if you have questions or you want to connect. 
at dr.adolester uh, at gmail.com. And then I'm on Instagram, just Dr. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing. Hopefully, everyone got as much out of it as I did.